This episode offers a behind the scenes look at one of the ways that my new book, What's Your Heaven, divinely came together. I interview my husband, Christian Hagaseth, who is part of the original inspiration behind it. In our conversation, he shares more about the personal experiences he was having that ran parallel to the concepts that I had already started playing around with for the book. His stories are a powerful testament to the lessons and messages in the book and share the miracles and validations that can happen when we show up and do the work. Why we're here today is that um, I'm very excited that you agreed to be on the behind the scenes because mm-hmm. this book, as all my books, was divinely inspired. You know me. I never write mm-hmm. anything or do anything unless spirit calls. And, um, it's been several years since I wrote a book because, you know, I, I was going through a learning curve and it was during the time of COVID and I was marathon reading. I mean, 30, 40 readings a week, every week for two plus years, Mm -hmm. because that's all we could do. And I, I got the opportunity to connect with so many people. And for me, what was going on was that you know, we're forced into a universal timeout, all of us. And it forced us or allowed us to take a step back from our lives and reevaluate our lives, right? And I was working with client after client and they were at crossroads, pivotal crossroads in their life, desperately seeking guidance and answers to the why behind their struggle. You know, everyone seemed to be struggling with something, feeling stuck, feeling unfulfilled, Um, But a lot of endings, a lot of quote unquote deaths, some Mm -hmm. literal and some metaphorical death of, you know, a a period of their life or a relationship or um, whatever it was. And what was coming through my readings, my guides, the last four years started revealing soul contracts. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the idea that we all come in with a loose blueprint or Um, a script on the lessons we need to learn in this lifetime. So we call the soul contract or soul plan. And these events were prearranged before we're born. And so we go into the Akashic records and we're able to take a sneak peek into that client's situation. And so the bottom line is it shed new light and perspective. And it took the client out of victim, like this is happening to me to empowerment. Like this is no, this, I signed up for this. I chose this and it's happening for me for my soul's growth and evolution. Okay. So that was what I was going through. And then simultaneously, you know, you can share where you were at in your experience with your dad and then I'll share how that kind of all came together. Yeah. You know, um, similarly, I think because of COVID, you know, what came up, I remember, you know, reaching out to my 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 family, you know my my parents have been divorced for, you know, I'm I'm 54. They've been divorced for, you know, 42 years. I mean, so you know, the getting my parents together is not like you know we're not reconciling. I think we're just getting back together as a you know a family of origin and and just try to work on stuff, you know. And it kind of came to a point. I was like, look, I'd rather do this with you guys, you know, while we still can, than you know die with resentments or live with things that are unsaid. And so early in the pandemic, um, I was getting, I got together with, I invited my mom and my dad and my brother and we 
meet at a like at a park because it was the pandemic you know and so you can't go indoors anywhere we take chairs and, and just go sit in the middle of a park somewhere and, and talk for a little bit and but you know talk about not just the the white stuff but you know the the meaningful life stuff of the challenges that we face that are you know t- tied up in our family story and um you know tried to reconcile some things for individuals and for the family as a whole and and do that and so i had um so started that process somewhat, in, you know, independently of this work that you started doing around what would turn into to this book. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's a bit where where I was at yeah. the time. Yeah, you know? that's exactly. And so your it was in real time. You know, I'm doing this one by one, and you're going through it personally. And mm-hmm. a little backstory here is that okay. So my dad died by suicide. And for those listeners who aren't familiar with my story and, you know, this was 16 plus years ago and he has come to me many, many times along with thousands of spirits expressing their regrets and frustrations over, um, what they wish they would have known then what they know now. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. is, we pick up in death where we left off in life. So all of it follows us. And And so we want to clean up our karmic baggage, right? Before now, while we still have Mm -hmm. the chance. And I could feel, I have felt for years, my dad behind the inspiration for you to want to heal, Mm -hmm. you know, the relationships with your parents and in particular with your dad, because I know Mm -hmm. my dad secretly wishes he had that opportunity with his kids. Right. Well, I think it was sort of your, again, it's our, it's only through our life together that I came to this realization and it was really through talking to you about what's going on with you and your work, that it was that idea of, Hey, this is what I'm trying to heal with my family right now is more than just, you know, this lifetime's issue. It is the the karmic baggage, as you put it. And I started to look at it that way. And again, you were, you were really going, you're going deep on a lot of things. Uh, one of which was, you know, um, soul contracts, and it, it started to resonate, you know, and it's like, you know, my, uh, my, my dad and my brother and I were sort of stuck in these inextricably, you know, um, you know, dynamically opposed positions that were sort of beyond this life. They were karmic in that sense. And so um, it was with, you know, with talking to you that I'm like, hey, let's, let's, I'm going to approach my dad with this because, again, it's sort of the same idea of, kind of heal the, the family unit, you know, before, before, while we still can in this lifetime. And so I approached my dad and really depersonalized it with the whole, you know, the whole soul contract aspect of this. And it's not, it wasn't a conversation about like, Hey dad, you, you did this. And there was no accusation to it. There was, Hey, you might have a soul contract in this life dad, to be, you know, challenged by these things. And the things I laid out, he agreed. He's like, yeah, I've really been challenged by those things. Those, those do feel like my, you know, my challenges in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. And, and then that, and that made it, um, he became the observer in that, you know, he was observing a lifetime he's having where he's being challenged by these, these particular things. And it's not him being defensive of it, but rather he's, he was able to then start to embrace it and look beyond it and say, you know, and really say, well, you're right. Like, what do I need to do to clean this up before, before I move on? <laughs> and I give you a ton of credit for this. I think at one point you, 
you, you had told them the same thing. You said, Hey, look, like whatever you don't clean up in this lifetime, you know, you're going to have to fix. And if you really screw it up, you know, you might get five more lifetimes of this or to some, some degree, you said that, that so my, dad said, my yeah. dad said a very, my dad said this very real fear of like, I need to clean shit up in this lifetime because I don't want to have to do all of these painful things again. Yeah. And so, um, he was very responsive to, to that and he, he depersonalized it, you know, when he looked at it as a sole contract and that he was fulfilling and learning lessons, you know, lessons in this lifetime or, you know, amongst many that would learn in multiple lifetimes, he depersonalized it and was able to uh, come from a much better place to, to, to try to reconcile some of that stuff. Right. Yeah. Which is amazing. Um, well, can I just say, I, I, so I don't forget, I love how much you believe in what I tell you. And I haven't always had that. And it means so much that you truly listen and you honor whatever wisdom or guidance comes through me and mm -hmm. you act on it, which yeah. is so amazing. So I love it. Okay. Well, I'll tell you this, yeah. and, and maybe it's more for anyone that might be listening to this. Is he, so, you know, before I was your boyfriend or your husband, I was your, uh, I was, uh, a, you know a, a follower I, I had i had i read your books i had um, i read the books that were available at the times i had i had attended you had some private classes at um colorado free university on on developing your intuition that i went to um we had studied kabbalah together and so we had done a bunch of stuff so that before i was romantically involved with you i was already very uh, intellectually and spiritually engaged with your work you know and so mm -hmm. you've always you've always been that to me you know that was that was who you were first and then right second you were my girlfriend mm, but, I love it well it was very yeah. organic and yes mm -hmm. yes okay so um so let's talk about so after you started having these like get-togethers to be the glue to heal the karma with your family you and I had this idea. Let's come up with a list that we create. It's like having a life review before you die and have to do your real life review. And mm -hmm. the list was a combination of, well, mainly the ongoing messages, regrets, frustrations, epiphanies the spirits have after they pass away and reflect. And they wish they would have had the chance to do a deep dive into these questions, whether it was with themselves, with others, or with source, right? Mm -hmm. And so you and I came up with this list together based on what I know in my professional experience, but your personal hands-on experience with everything going on with your family, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you had this brilliant idea. I'm going to go sit down with my dad and do this list and record it so that mm -hmm. this is priceless information. And one day he's not going to be here. One yeah. day we're, we're all not going to be here. And so it records and documents the growth because we're all here in earth school. We all have lessons. There's no shame in that. In fact, we want lessons because if we didn't have them, we wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. That's the opportunity. And so it was very profound. And your dad said to you, wow, you really need to get this work out into the world. Having no idea you and I had talked about, I should write a book on this. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really profound. Mm -hmm. And then you, do you remember you had that very cathartic drive back from Fort Collins and you were so emotional and you came home and you're like, I have to tell you, you have to write a book. You have to get this out there. And here's my experience and what happened mm -hmm. with my dad. Do you remember this? 
I know. Yeah. What happened yeah. next? Tell tell the story about the dob kit. The dob kit. Okay, I'll tell the story. So, okay, okay earlier <laughs> that day, I had a meditation, and my dad came to me, and I didn't tell you this, and he said he was so proud of you for making the effort mm-hmm. to go and work through your karma with your dad and heal. And that mm-hmm. my dad was saying, Becky, you need to write this book. I didn't tell you that. And I said, got it, dad. Yes, I'm proud of him too. And yes, I will entertain the idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fast forward eight, 10 hours later, you come home on a high saying, wow, the questions were profound, very meaningful, deeply touched both of us. And you need to write this book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You then are, you're distracted. You had just been traveling. And so your dob kit with all your toiletries was in the bathroom and you're half in the bathroom. I'm sitting on the bed in the bedroom. And all of a sudden you open your dob kit and a dime, which is my dad's yeah. main sign. Yeah. Do you remember this yeah. fell on yeah. the tile and you, you accused me of planting it. You're like, did you plant that dime? <laughs> right. It's so obvious. It's like, come on. So obvious. No, you're going to put it there. No, I did not plant this dime. Okay, so we're like, got it. An hour later, I'm like in disbelief. I'm like, Chris, my dad came to me this morning in a meditation and that's his icing on the cake saying, write this book. An hour Mm -hmm. later, as I'm getting in bed, there's a dime on the ground. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so amazing work, dad. He Mm -hmm. drove home his point. Okay, so then the next day, I truly, I called my literary agent, he fought and my writer, Samantha, and I said, we have the book because we had been playing for a year on the book to write. And it was the abundance book and it was manifesting and Mm -hmm. none of it felt right. 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 You know, yeah, it was, it's, it was an interesting crossroads of you preparing for this and sort of what I was going through. But I think that, um, you know, those, those series of questions became a really powerful, like uh, inflection point of those two. You know, where it was the, the, the manifestation of a lot of that work, of, of the, the, the concepts that you were toying with. It was a manifestation of how to make that meaningful right now in, in my life and, you know, in the life of my dad. And it's like, well, wait a second. Let's instead of like, if it is, you know, if there are like, there are soul contracts in this lifetime, like what are your, what are your lessons? Right. And then how did you react to those? And, you know, what do you wish you did differently? Because that was a lot of what, you know, my dad and I were working through. And so by taking that, he was able to really approach his challenges in life, not as his challenges, but rather the life lessons that he was given in this life. Right. You know, it was huge. It was so powerful. I think, I think it was, I think it was transformative for him as well in, in the asking of the questions, because after you and I formulated the 20 or 21 questions, we, I, I sent them to him. I emailed them to him and I said, Hey, I, I want to, when we sit down, I'm going to, I'm going to video record this, but here's the questions I want to go over, you know? And so he had a, he had a chance to like sit with them and prep and, you know, it was kind of a, a series in there where, you know, it frames it as this sort of, you know, multiple lifetime spiritual quest of, 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 of soul contracts and, you know, which lifetime are you on now and what lessons do you have to learn in this lifetime and are you learning them? And um, and then it really gets into this lifetime. You know, what are you most proud of in this lifetime? What do you regret the most in this lifetime? Right. And so you, by the time you get to that really powerful question of, you know, what is the thing that you regret the most in your lifetime? You know, I mean, that's a really hard thing for most people to answer with honesty. 
you know, because that thing that you regret the most, you're probably pretty ashamed of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and or maybe you're defensive about or, you know, you, you have it wrapped up in a way that you're not going to be willing to articulate it. And um, when he got, you know, I think when we we're going through this process, my dad got to these these really tough personal questions about this lifetime. And he was able to answer with a lot of humility and, and mm-hmm. insight into his own life and a willingness to be vulnerable with, with what the answers were. Mm-hmm. And so it was a very um, powerful setup to disarm people from, the, I think, the natural protections that life gives us, you know, right. like, it's really hard to talk about, you know, I mean, you know, anyone take five minutes and tell me the big, the thing you screwed up the most in life, (laughs) you know, it's like, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's hard Um, to go there. Really hard, you know, and this, and this brings about that, that a a safe place to do it Mm -hmm. in a way that makes you still feel like, you know, you're a a good soul living a good life, even though you make some mistakes. Well, and the whole basis that, you know, of this is that we're in earth school. It's true. You learn by trial and error. You learn through relationships with others, part of your soul group. Well, and so I think that's such an important part of your message, though, is that this is earth school, that it's not earth test final, you know, right. because most people don't feel okay to fail, you know, right. in school, like you take a test, you get a couple answers wrong. That's okay. You take, you know, you get to go study and take the test again and, you know, learn, mm-hmm. right. Where so much of life just feels like a final judgment. You know, right. if you knew the idea was just to learn and be better, it feels a lot less, a lot safer than like, you have to get it right. Exactly. It's, it's more exactly, you know, it's intention. And if your intention mm-hmm. is sincere to, you know, you screw up. So, okay, you learn. So you do and be better. I talk about in the book. So you make a mistake. Fine. Just don't make the same mistake twice. Make new mistakes. I quote you. You're welcome. Well, yeah. I get a but, nickel every time you say that. Don't <laughs> make the same mistakes twice. Make new mistakes. That's right. But that is the whole point. And nobody, when we cross over, nobody judges us. We judge ourselves. We play judge and jury. Mm-hmm. We have a group of guides, council members that help us take an honest inventory. And so we, so in this book, what I did is I sprinkled these questions throughout in different chapters for people to reflect on. And again, the book goes back to relationship with self, relationship with others, but most importantly, relationship with source. Because at the end of the day, it's always between you and the divine or you and God. Yeah. Okay. And we have an opportunity to go through this list or life review. And then in the back, you had this brilliant idea, like put in the appendix, the whole list Mm -hmm. so that if you want to buy a copy for your friend and go sit down that you have always struggled with or your neighbor or your parent or child, you can do what you just did in whatever format you want to do it to do the work now and not put it off until you die you know like for my dad I I did it because my dad is you know 80 years old now 81 and has had Parkinson's disease for 16 years and you know end of life is nearer now to him than it ever has been and those days are limited but I think the way these questions are written and you and I've talked a lot about this they could be they could be slightly tuned for all sorts of endings. Right. You know, this could be, um, 
you know, somebody had a 20 year career and they're moving on, you could do a review with this list of questions and just focus yeah. it on what did that career mean to you? What was the biggest mistake you made in this career? Exactly. You know, what lessons did you learn and not learn? And then, then you can, you can take that with you as a way of getting, of processing some closure around these major life events, you know, um, end of a, end of a career, end of a marriage, loss of a loss of a loved one, not just the ending of one's own life. Exactly. They, they can be used alone in doing your own self-inquiry. They can be used with others. They could be used in a family like you did in intervention, family format. Um, mm -hmm. But I guess the most important thing is that this is what the spirits tell me we end up doing regardless if we want to or not when we cross over. Okay. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and if we've done our homework here now, we go home with brownie points. You get ahead of it. And the whole idea of the book is what's your heaven is how do you resolve the unresolved issues and stop repeating mm -hmm. the same patterns and get unstuck? And yeah. how, right, how do you choose to do and be better so that you can bring heaven to earth now? Experience in heaven is a feeling. It's not a place. It's a feeling. It's a state of mind, heaven or hell state of mind. So also, I think in your in your book, that whole change of how do you change in the the um, the CRT, I I have already found to be just a very um, powerful tool. It's a, it's another arrow in your quiver, so to speak. It's not a tool quick, a person those, could use to actually those, affect that change. You know, to right. how do you change the way you feel about something? That's very hard to say, you know, or do, but exactly. you you have a tool there. So for those who aren't familiar. Um, the CRT is a program in the book. It's called Change It, Run It, Tap It. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, there's all sorts of tools in our toolbox on a mind, body, spirit level. But these are the three tools that I've been using for the last several years. Personally, you're now my guinea pig using it. Um, and Spirit said, bring this to everyone. It's simple. You can do it for five minutes in the morning and you've done your homework for the day. Mm -hmm. um, but Change It, Run It, Tap It truly is change the false beliefs, the old Rewrite the narrative, whatever story you're telling yourself, illusion, delusion, you know, that's keeping you stuck in a disempowered state, you reframe it to the positive, like I am, whatever that is. And then the run it is running energy, it's color, it's frequency, mm -hmm. which I go in depth talking about. And the tapping is emotional freedom technique. It's just the form, it's a format of tapping to reset your nervous system, to integrate the positive suggestions and affirmations into your body. So, right. Well, you know, and again, for people that don't know, like, you know, Rebecca is the real deal in that she walks her walk. You know, I mean, for even when she's not writing a book every day, <laughs> she's listening to a, a podcast. She's, she's, you know, uh, thinking about these things she's focused on these things she's trying new techniques offered by others you know and then this this especially tapping has really become something that you integrated over the last several years into your practice and so here you are an advanced and but very open being and always looking for these other new ways of incorporating you know new wisdom into you know a better life and I think you really, you really found it, you know, with, with, um, CRT. And, um, again, I've, I, I, I am, I'm the guinea pig, 
you know, and I, I have to say this is better than my last guinea pig job because they used to attach like electrodes to my head and, and see if that worked. And so this is much less painful. Well, that explains a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, I've been upgraded, but the, um, be, being a guinea pig in this is great because, you know, I sit there and I watched you do it and, and, and seeing your success. And also to be candid with, we have a daughter and, uh, our, and our, our, our daughter loves to do tapping at night, yeah. you know, because, yeah. Mom, mom has put her to sleep and taught her tapping and she loves it, you know? And so I get to sit here and see it work for you and then work for her. And then I started to use it with some things. I found it to be a very, um, uh, a, a meaningful tool to, you know, sometimes when you, when you meditate or you're trying to like think about some of these things, they're kind of highfalutin, big nebulous ideas that are hard to define and almost, almost impossible to do anything with. Mm-hmm. you know, to really like, right. like, how, how do you make your integrity better? You know, like what do you like? That, it's a concept, right? It's not an activity. And so, but this has created that sort of re- repetitive activity that has a very broad application, you know, and I've, I've been using it for um, a couple of issues now and I found this great results. So I, I think that. that, I think that CRT is a, a in your book again, it's going to be an amazing tool that um, you know, some people will choose to apply and it's going to mm-hmm. be of, of great benefit. That's wonderful. Thank you for that feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's about doing the work. There's no magic yeah. pill. As my dad used to love to remind me, no magic pill. We wish there was, there isn't. It's earth school. There's homework. Be glad you have homework. That's yeah. why you're still here. You know, can't, there's gifts in the challenges. It, life is supposed to be messy, but there's a way moving forward, that we can learn our lessons through greater grace, ease, and joy, mm-hmm. and less pain and struggle. And you know, the, the first of those you go into this book, too, is like, you have to accept that, like, the challenges of your life are happening for you, not to you. Right. That the challenges that you feel in this lifetime, if it's around, you know, body image and self-love, or if it's around, you know, getting sustenance or, or starvation or, or challenges that were given to you unique in this lifetime for you to try to overcome the best you can, right. you know, and, um, and to see that as that. And, and so it, to take the victimhood exactly. uh, for all of us out of the bad stuff that happens, because, you know, like Gandhi, like Buddha said, you know, life is suffering. You know, I know nobody, I literally know nobody in this world, rich or poor, man or woman, young or old, that has no suffering. You know, everybody identifies some form of suffering in their life. There's no, no one without it. And so the question is, what do you do with it? You know, so this whole, you know, the concept of the soul contract is embrace your suffering for the uniqueness that it brings into this lifetime and become a better person because of it. Exactly. Beautifully said. Yeah. You know, asking yourself, what is this here to teach me? And it does take you out of victim you know, because victim is the lowest vibration on the scale of consciousness. And the whole mm-hmm. idea is to evolve up the scale into that right. place of knowing or enlightenment. Yeah. So I have to share this. I don't want to forget, but okay. The proof that what your efforts are, what you've done with your family is working. When your dad reached out the other day and initiated, <laughs> let's spend some quality time together. Can we come down and have brunch? and mm-hmm. just be together, right? And so we made that a priority and we had a lovely morning. And then you and I 
we had to leave to go pick up our daughter. And I knew my dad was present. I felt him. My brother and I had been texting that morning on, doesn't this look like dad? And it's my brother's new boss. And we're like, wow, that's kind of creepy. It looks just like dad. So we're talking about my dad and I'm thinking, my dad is so proud of you, Chris, that you are really walking your talk and making the effort. And look at it's paid off because now your dad is receptive and wants to be closer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then what happened is we're driving and we took a random drive to get her a random mm-hmm. way. The license the, the plate, Shelly. Shelly, the license plate. Amazing. That was amazing. It was, it was yeah. amazing. I'm like, I was, I, can't, I was speechless for a few hours. I've never we seen so a far, license plate, Shelly. And we were so far, I'm going to call it out of our way. Like the way we ended up yeah. getting there was this very like, it was the faster route apparently, but not the, not the shorter. That's for sure. Oh. And we were way out there. And I'm like, what are the chances? Like, why are we here? Well, and this yeah. poor lady who's driving the car. So by the way, <laughs> Shelly was my father's name. For anybody who doesn't know, that was and my Shelly's dad's also name. some lady that we cut off on the road like three times trying to take a picture of this license plate. <laughs> she even, when we were slowing down to get her to pass us to take it, and she's looking at us like, what the hell? Like, what, what are these people doing? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. It was so amazing. It was the icing mm-hmm. on the cake for me, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So anyways. Well, I appreciate you sharing because you are truly the initial inspiration behind all of this, along with my guides. So thank you. You know, I feel really lucky to uh, share a life with you because I think a lot of my activity, not the things that I end up saying or doing or suggesting sometimes feel like I'm I'm just a pawn, you know, I'm a... I'm being used as a tool to voice something that's from, from, you know, greater than me from, from source. And um, I think a lot of, you know, there are aspects of what we're talking about with this book that are, that's true as well. And so I'm just grateful to be close to you and to be a a speaker for source and have a a small role in this, but the the work is awesome. The book is amazing. Um, You know, I think it's really that it's, I, I believe, you know, of your four books, this is definitely the most powerful. It's a, a real um, uh, culmination of everything, you, of all the work you've done. It's an original work with, uh, you know, very, very meaty, very meaningful, very approachable. So I, uh, I love it. I love being, I just love being close to you and, and witnessing this process, you know. And well, I feel, I feel equally as grateful and blessed. And as we know, spirit uses other people as our messengers and we do that for each other. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's an amazing thing. I've always felt like, you know, as I'm sitting here right now, there's no noise around me. But if I was if I was a radio and I could turn that radio on and turn up the volume, I could I could tune into a rock and roll station. Or I could tune into a, a country and western station or a talk radio station. And so the, the, the energy of all of these, of all of the stuff that I could hear is around me, but I'm not a radio, you know, and I've always felt that about living my life with you is, you know, you are truly a receiver like that radio is for radio waves for, you know, the, the, the communication with spirit. And this is very awesome, really, to live in the, in that presence and to know that you know, constantly be reaffirmed that 
you're picking up these essentially these radio waves, these you know the thoughts of of source from the other of so, of spirit from the other side, and they are available to us. And you're the, the sort of the proof of that, you know. And that if the radio station can play play the music, it proves that the radio waves are there. Yeah. And for you to do your work proves that the that that communication is there from the other side. And so I just love it. It's a, you are a powerful reminder to me every day of what a, a miracle the world we live in is. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I would just, I would say I disagree in that we are all radios. Some of us have antennas and some of us have satellites and mm-hmm. some of us have a lot of static on the line. So it's hard. So we all have a connection. Mm-hmm. But like you're saying to your point, it's not what you were born to do and you have to work harder at it, but you can, as you are doing now with your pra- spiritual practice, a prayer mm-hmm. and meditation, clear the static, raise up that antenna a little bit more and connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm very open to my own um, perceived, you know, my in- intuitive abilities, but they're very, you know, I also have a... I'm, humbled about it. I'm realistic about it. They're very right. humble compared to yours. You know, like I'm excited if kind of after the fact, I'm like, oh, there was a lot of flow in that. And some things just kind of came out, you know, they right. feel kind of special, but where yours is intentional and like you're ta- like you're having a clear conversation with somebody and it's just yeah. a very, I agree. I, I have intuition that I, I have more intuition now from having been near you and with you than I would have had otherwise, but it's, well, a, it's, gotta, it's we're, we're measuring on completely different scale. <laughs> well, we you got to keep it. up to speed with me. So you're doing a good job, Casey, yeah. to the degree that's perfect and right for you. Thank you. I have yeah. other strengths that keep that help me keep up with you. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. There is no question. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for being so brave to share not only today but in this book. Mm-hmm. It's going to touch a lot of lives. I know a lot of people can relate and. Yeah, you know, particularly again, kind of going back to it, I really hope that um, that people do pick up on this idea of having this exit interview with loved ones before they become departed loved ones, because the exit interview I did with my with my dad, that the questions that are in your book, I mean, man, it was it was it was honestly it was a fun conversation to have with my dad. It was a meaningful time to hang out together. I recorded the video. I shared it with him. He and I have talked about it a couple of times. You know, it's one of these easy, free, available things that we can do that make that makes it make my life and my dad's life and our relationship together better. And I hope that other people benefit from that. Amen. As well. Amen. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Small Medium at Large. For more information about my offerings and events and for additional resources on your spiritual journey, including my self-guided courses, books, and blog videos, please visit my website, rebeccarosen.com. You can also follow me on social media by searching at Medium Rebecca Rosen on Facebook and Instagram. As always, wishing you brightest blessings and all love.